guys, welcome to CPL Fever. It's your host, Jack Murray and Andrew Murray here, and today we are joined by the fellows at Down the Pub Podcast, Anthony Abbott, and regular contributors, Chris Searle and Carlos Benitez. So our, our next episode of Down the Pub Podcast is going to be about how much we love the CPL. So your show will be full of us saying how horrible the CPL is, and their show is going to be, we love it so much, these people are amazing. Then I'm going to get my editor to like, you know, mix it together. Let me say one thing, Anthony, and then we'll have you contradicting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, just, it's just me saying, it's just me saying like, the wonders are terrible. Wonders are I'm terrible. Gonna, and then I'm going to hire a bunch of Twitter bots and just retweet it. <laughs> oh, God. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, let's just leave this all behind. Let's leave that all behind and ask them, um, how did um, the Down the Pub podcast become the Down the Pub podcast? So, uh, I, so uh, as... Everybody that goes to the pub and watches football, we all think that we have the best opinions in the world and all that kind of good stuff. So me and my friends, like we, we've been talking about this for quite a while about starting a podcast. And it's one of those things, like when you have a few beers, uh, you're always kind of saying, I'll do this, I'll do that. And then you never do it. So one day I was just like, you know what? I'm actually going to do it. So I uh, went out and um, one of my friends had just started a podcast. So I got a few little tips from him on what to do, what to, how to start and, and stuff like that. And me and my friend just went to Clay Westdale in Bears Lake and we just um, talked about Manchester United because he's a Manchester United fan. And that, that, was, uh, that was pretty much it. And like, we just kind of grew up from there. So like I kind of, um, we set like little little goals for ourselves where like, you know, eventually we wanted to get like a player on, which we managed to and just kind of built it up that way. Um, and it's been tons of fun. Like uh, it's made me realize how much football is. Um, there's so many football fans here in the city. Uh, we're really lucky that there's so many here in the city that will take the time to, to listen to me and Carlos and Chris talk nonsense about football. Um, it's been a lot of fun, and like you know, there's there's a lot of there's a big history here in the city too that I didn't realize. So um, I I really enjoy it. It uh, takes a lot of my time up, but uh, it's it's definitely worth it. Someday it's going to be my full time job. So uh, <laughs> I'm joking; it'll but, never be yeah. my full time job. <laughs> um, but hey, you never know, I, brother. You never know. I just wanted to say that now you're the sixth best soccer show in Canada. So how does that feel? Oh, for all of you guys. It, it, it's amazing. And like, um, it, it kind of, it, it's, uh, as you know, it, it can be a very lonely business sometimes because you're constantly looking at how many people are listening or watching. It's, it's a numbers game and you kind of, it, it's very hard to get the, the validation that like what you're doing is actually worth your time. Um, so little things like that kind of, uh, to me, like, you know, I saw that and I just sent it to the lads as a stack kind of thing. But to me, like the, the best thing is that when I'm out, like I'm, I'm talking to people, and you know, I'm like, oh, you know, like I do the the podcast, and they say, oh, I listen to that. That means a lot more to me, you know, that like there's people that are actually listening, and they actually have uh, they enjoy what we're talking about, and and they have opinions on what we're talking about. So to me, that means a lot more than that sort of stuff. Um, I, I, the fact that people are actually tuning in and like are enjoying the show that's that's the main thing for me to be honest what about you guys yeah the show is great i love listening to it 
it's a ton of fun and it's like you know like obviously like chris and carlos put like a lot into it too and um you know we're we're we're, covid's been a it's been a game changer for like a lot of people you know like the the players have been thankfully like a lot um very open to being on the show and i'm sure you guys have found that too that you know like thank Mm -hmm. god uh the cpl because it's a new league too that the players are willing to uh, promote the league because at the end of the day it's it's where they work and they need people to go and watch them or they don't get paid right so and yeah. um, the, the clubs have been very open the players have been very open and um, we're really lucky that we're here doing this kind of stuff at the at the start of it because if we were back in if I was back in Europe like it's totally different to try and get players and stuff like that to come on to the podcast because it's they're very media savvy and you have to go to the clubs and there's a lot of um, back back end stuff you have to do whereas here it's thankfully it's like ask a player do you want to come on and then you kind of just work something out with the club and it's, it's a lot easier so um, you had um other players outside of the cpl on on your show uh quite a few so, so a them, how right? have you found how have you found that kind of approaching players from different leagues or it's um the, like, it's 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 a t- it's tougher to be perfectly honest like i mean like, as i said like you have to um a lot of the clubs back back home have it like a, a much bigger media division like it's it's they're very careful about what the players can and can't say and they they, they have to be very careful about um the the message that they're putting out there so there's there is that aspect to it um as i said like with the cpl we're very very lucky that the the players are very open and we kind of have i wouldn't say free range but we're like we're able to ask questions that we probably aren't able to ask players back home um but i think the good thing about the show that we do and you guys too is it's pretty easy going we're not like um we don't throw like curveball questions in there to, to make people feel awkward or anything like that like it's very natural that people want to say something they can but at the same time like we don't we're not attack hounds who want that soundbite that will make our show like you know, like really popular on the back of a player saying something that they shouldn't have. Like we're not. Yeah, we're not like that. yeah, because I find that other like shows over in Europe or interviews, they 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 just want to get the like something that the they're trying to grab. They're trying to trick the players into saying something that they're not supposed to, or or just they just want something that's not out in the public and they just want something that's so exclusive or they, they're just like, give me this, give me this, give me this. I want this. And yeah. They, yeah and, and like they throw curveball questions. Like yeah, and, and, they, and they take, they take stuff out of context too. So, so I mean like that, that's also like something that like, like you guys do and we do is that like we, um, like I'll always ask if there's something that's a little bit, you know, that, um, it's a little bit near the knuckle kind of in turn we'll say like you don't have to answer this you don't want to because like it's not you know they're they're doing us a favor by being on the show so i'm not going to make it horrible and like we like to have a light-hearted approach to stuff and i think Mm -hmm. that's where like you naturally get those kind of stories like i mean like like carlos will tell you that like you know we were talking to luca gasparato the other day um on our show and we were just just talking like normally blah, blah blah and he tells a story that he never told somebody else before and it, it's just little things like that that you know it's just that's why it's down the pub it's like you know you're just sitting having a coffee or a beer with your friends and it's just a natural conversation and it's not you know like shine a light in their eyes and say 
give me the answer, give me the answer, you know? So um, <laughs> yeah. we, we, try, we try and keep a light heart. And I feel like you get more out of people when you do it that way, that you're, you're being honest yeah. up front and you're not like, as you said, like trying to be like sneaky and trying to get that, um, that, that, that get them to say something that they shouldn't, you know, so. Yeah, um, yeah so speaking of beer, what's the, what's the preferred pint of choice for, for the for, down the pub crew? So, so for me, uh, I, I've, got a, I've got a couple of go-tos. It really depends on where I'm going. But if I'm at Dirty Nellies, I'll usually have a harp because that's a beer from back home. And yes. a lot of people are surprised at how like, like blasé it is when they actually taste it because it's just like a regular beer back home, yeah. but it just reminds me of home. Um, if I go, uh, and I'll have a Guinness, obviously. Um, otherwise, it's usually Heineken. I love Heineken. It's uh, Beer of champions, to be honest. They're the well, they are, well, they are the Champions League sponsor, so they really exactly. could be the champions. Thank you. <laughs> what about um, you, Carlos? I, I like Chris, Heine- or Chris. I like Heineken. That's my first option, and then probably or a Stella Artois. I like more European beers. Um, I think the the, the Europeans are prime in, in in its game in beer. Doesn't matter if it's Germany, Belgium, or, or anything. It has to be European beer. Um, so Heineken or Stella, but if I have a Guinness, that's probably my supper because that makes me full the whole day. <laughs> yeah. a, a Guinness it's, is very filling. It, you can have supper, it, it, a pint of beer. You don't drink. You don't drink. You eat it with a spoon. You so. eat it with a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> so those are my two. Those are my two options. And if if I go locally, um, I like somehow I like the Rickers Red uh, beer. That, I found stuff. it quite tasty. So I like, I like that too. So yeah, go for it, Chris. Um, Maya, I don't. I guess it's not local, local, but like on on this continent, I suppose would be Coors. I'm not a big Coors Light guy, but Coors Banquet. If you have it, I'm there. And I find a, a lot more bars are picking it up. So I think there's a lot more people that are like me who used to drink Coors Light, but kind of grew up a little bit, and now they want to have something like a slightly little tiny bit stiffer. So. Um, but if I'm going to get fancy, I'm going on the complete opposite side of the world. Give me a tall glass of Sapporo. I oh, nice. Absolutely Sapporo's good. Yeah. Good stuff. choice. Um, a warm, warm, hot, warm or cold. I always joke. It, it, I just love it. It's, it's a different experience, different drinking experience. Um, it's bitterness is actually smooth, which is why I really like it because I like a bitter beer, but I also like to drink a bitter beer. And I find that if I drink too much bitter beer, the hangover is not pretty. So I find Sapporo. <laughs> Sapporo is the nice, healthy medium. I like those uh, course banquet, uh, the Mason mm. jar glasses that they have. Yeah. They have. I've got somehow, somehow I've got a couple in my house. I don't know how they got there. Um, yeah. the, the the beer fairies must have uh, <laughs> brought them over. It wasn't somebody putting them into my wife's handbag or anything like that. I promise. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Sa- <laughs> summer summer wise could be a nice also a, a shock top. That's yeah, with, with orange, yeah. That, that's good. What about well, you guys? They're records. That, you said you guys. Me, yeah. Jack, put that course light down. I'm kind of, I'm kind of into the, the the craft beer stuff. I really like, um, I really like IPAs. Actually, I, I like, I like variety in, in beer. So I like to kind of try different things. Um, some of the ones that I really like around here are are Boxing Rock. Uh, yeah. North North Brewery and um, Two Crows. 
just like the, the, the beer market here in Halifax is incredible. Like it, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's just, I find that like, like if I'm sitting at home, I'm okay. Like drinking, I, I just can't sit and drink like, uh, four or five, like anything from, cause it's usually so much stronger too. Right. Mm. Um, so if I'm going into the pub with the guys to watch a game, you want to drink something light. Two so, Pros has a really nice light one. Yeah. Yeah. At least uh, beer or something. It's it's kind of a German kind of. I also um, Garrison is it Garrison or Propeller? Uh, they they sponsor the Liverpool Supporters Club and they do one called Jurgen Hop. Um, oh really? Which, yeah. Which uh, which <laughs> oh, is you uh, gotta try that. Yeah, which yeah you have to try Hop. that. Which, That's which a good thing. I love that. Yeah. It's a it's it's a really tasty beer and um, if you're a Liverpool supporters club member i think you get the, a point during the game for like six six dollars or something like that discount on it so yeah it's, yeah. it's actually good stuff so that I sounds good enough. That. yeah we, we can't leave jack out of this conversation jack if you're picking an appetizer what's your go-to an appetizer like because if we're down the pub if we're down the pub you got to have some pepperoni or some chicken wings or something like what's your um, favorite diet pepsi ginger ale well no you gotta find out i don't know about the drink i'm trying to find out what he's <laughs> eating um Apples. Oh, gee. He's a soccer player, man. He's healthy. <laughs> down, the, yeah. down the pub. You're going to yeah. get some apples down the pub. <laughs> uh, apples in a glass we, of water. Why you man, man. Hey, you're you're ahead of your line. time, brother. You're yeah, smart that's man. good. That's good. That's good. You're a smart man. I like that. I'm trying to think of a pub that would have apples, though. And uh, he'll, he'll, he'll go for anything with shrimp. Oh, nice. good man. Good if you man. Go, or if, lobster. If, if you go to Nelly's and you ask for apples, they'll probably charge you about twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gino. <laughs> they tell you it's organic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also wanted to ask you, how did you guys meet? Because you've told us about how down the pub it came to be, but how did you guys meet? Was um, that a Wanderers game? Do you want me? Yeah. Any, yeah, no, uh, I ended up meeting Anthony. I, I was just active on Facebook, active on Instagram, just um, posting stuff, sharing stuff, um, sharing my opinions. And I mean, I, I, I never even really knew who Anthony was. I had listened to Down the Pub once before we were on the round table. I, I forget, like, I think it might have been that Manchester United episode, your very first episode, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I like knew who Anthony was. I had seen it before, but this was before I was really, um, before I really had time to listen to anything. Like I only really got back into listening to music in the last couple of months too, just because my life was so hectic. I had no time. So Anthony was kind enough to invite me onto a round table with some other absolutely incredible, amazing, splendid Wanderers fans, um, all amazing people in We've all managed to stay in touch over the last few months via a Facebook inbox group too, um, where I think Blueface just got married. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. So like we we've been able to really stay involved in everybody's lives and and keep touch keep in touch with one another. But um, I think it was a couple weeks after that, Anthony, you asked me to come down and talk. Um, we were doing it. We were doing an episode with Steve, that, I think, about that's right. the basketball episode. Basketball, yeah. yeah. And, and then after that, we just kind of had a chat, and uh, he said, you, you want to contribute? And I said, yeah, 100%, man, that this would be fun. So um, I actually had, like, some, some technical issues over uh, a period there where I wasn't able to do any interviews or anything. 
And this was not too long after Carlos had joined us. And um, it, was a, it was a blessing that Anthony was uh, allowing me to come back to the team because I know that if I was a boss and I missed or in my employees missed work, I'd have some questions to ask. But um, Anthony saw faith in me. And I guess that's the best way to answer that question. Uh, Car Carlos actually pays us to be on the show. <laughs> he charged me in euros. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he's from he, Ireland, he has... He, he, has he pays me uh, five points of honey in a week to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how, how we joined it was um, Blueface, he, he was uh, like a, a guest in the show. He told me, you, you need to listen to these guys. So then I started listening to them and I was like, wow, that's pretty neat. And then I start like in my Spotify listen while I'm working like every every single episode was like I got hooked like this is pretty neat. And then I met Anthony in the um, in the kid lunch for the wonder. Oh, that was, the kid lunch. So then like we were just talking about football and they just yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna add you on, on Insta and then like we talk and I will let to you know I'm gonna invite you to have a round table. Yeah sure, but then COVID happened and he started inviting me like you know to do it over zoom and mm -hmm. i remember my first one was with uh alex de Corollis and the king, right? a king the garcia king. that was a lot of fun I and after that. that and and after that it grew organically and and now like uh they like i don't know what they were thinking and now they have me now <laughs> yeah. we, part we, of the team so he's, he's like a bad smell we can't get rid of so yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i said anthony's a very forgiving man and, yeah i mean I, I can speak on carlos's behalf and saying that the last few months has been the most fun i've ever had doing anything media related um i have a bit of a journalism background and this has really reignited my passion to get back into school to 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 get myself recertified again um, I'm CP certified, but I mean, if you don't do anything with it, it's just a piece of paper. So um, I, to be a little sappy, and I've told Anthony this already, like he's, he's really pushed me in a point in my life where I kind of needed to be pushed. And uh, I always believe things happen for a reason. And that's what it is. So yeah, I think Carlos can probably say the same thing in a less drastic way. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I feel like I don't know. It just organically happened. And, and like when, when Chris, I start COVID happened, like Chris was having technical difficulties and I started like doing it with Anthony. I was like, I hope I'm doing it right. And then, uh, I don't know, like I kept going and going and, and it was, we, we start having interviews and behind, adding a little bit of, behind the scenes, behind the scenes stuff. I don't even know if Anthony knows this that much. Like after every interview, Carlos would message me. Like, yeah. I was half, like half panicked. Right. And I'm yeah. just like, Dude, I wasn't there. I don't know how you did. <laughs> yeah. So I was just kind of like, you know, I don't want to overstep Chris's and, and, and I got Chris blessing and everything. And then like he came in and I was like, oh, I hope there's chemistry and, and we can. Bro, like you said, it was yeah. organic. Yeah. Like it was absolutely organic. And like that, that period I was away, like I wasn't worried about um, anything aside from the fact of just letting Anthony down. But, you know, there was stuff going on and this darn computer decided it didn't want to be good. I mean, where's my mic at? Oh, I think it's gone. Yeah, I threw it out. The mic was being a piece of junk. My mixer was being a piece. Everything was being a piece of junk. So um, to what I was saying before, like that's motivation. Like with a lot of other stuff in my life, if I had so many curveballs thrown my way, I just quit. But, you know, again, Anthony sees something. So I couldn't let him down and. Um, even the other day, not being able to do that interview with Luca, it sucked. 
but you know he knows I'm a family man too and and it was a situation where you know I had to take care of my little man but these guys are a, a deadly duo I actually say to people all the time my favorite episodes to listen to are episodes I'm not on it's 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 just a fact and I think that's what makes us a, a pretty good team not to speak on these guys behalf but I feel like you know I just did that interview with uh Chris and, and Alex and you know, as much as it sucked not being able to do it with Carlos and Anthony, I felt like if I did anything wrong or I misstepped or I did this or I did that, they'd give me an honest critique. And, you know, like Anthony said, you did great. And Carlos was like, great interview. And I'm just like, that's genuine. That's not just them saying it to get it out of the way. And I feel like that's what makes us a good team. Like even not to keep rambling on, like more behind the scenes, sometimes when we finish interviews, we'll scrum and talk for another hour, hour and a half about everything. And I, f I feel like those conversations have been as important to our chemistry on the mic as our actual interviews on the mic. Mm. So, so, so that actually kind of ties into to a question I was going to ask, because I was going to say, besides, you know, the obvious, um, you know, massive amounts of fame where you got to like cover yourself while you're walking down the street <laughs> and the, uh, and the, and the copious amounts of money that you're now making from your, your podcast, yeah. what are some of the side benefits of, of, of doing this, this podcast, you know, maybe something unexpected. The, the, the biggest thing for me is um, like, um, I, I've always been fascinated by uh, like how footballers, how they lead their lives. It's always been like fascinating to me, like how athletes actually go about doing stuff and um, that, having that insight. Like, you know, it, it, it's crazy. Like the, the thing I've learned is like how much, dedication and like i see like obviously in, in jack like how much dedication he's got to his football and stuff and that and it, it's it's all that and it's crazy like hearing like people who probably didn't have like you know the the, the same opportunities as as other people but they just persevered with it and like they've gone and played in in europe like in kind of not the big leagues they played in finland and sweden and like the lower leagues in england and stuff like that and just the pure sheer will to succeed in, in, in something, it, it's, it's inspiring. And to me, that's, that's the big thing I thought would be just me, just hanging out with my friends and just like talking about the, the weekend's uh, Premier League fixtures. I mean, it's kind of taken a slightly di different direction with, with COVID where we, we've actually got to, to talk to some players and, and hear their stories and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it's like, it, it's, to me, it's like there's so many sacrifices that these guys make that we don't appreciate. And um, we just see them as, guys that we go and they've got a great life because they play football, but it's something we've all dreamed of doing. We don't see how they got there. And that's the biggest surprise to me. The biggest side benefit is, is hearing different people's stories. Like I, I just, I just look like my wife says that I'm nosy and I'm like a gossiper and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, and this is, the, this is the perfect platform for it because I get to hear people uh, like what's going on in their lives and stuff like that. But, but, uh, but it, it is fascinating and it's like, you know, like, like true um, adversity. Like, I mean, like talking to, to Daryl Fordyce and Valor, like where, you know, like he, he just, his wife was pregnant and they had to go back to, um, they had to go back to, to Ireland uh, because the, the team disbanded in Edmonton and she had to stay here because she wasn't well. Like that kind of stuff, you, you don't hear that. Like you obviously it's just a soundboy on the Canadian Premier League website about, oh, Daryl Fordyce is back here in Canada. So it's kind of, kind of hearing the sacrifices that 
um, to his family life that he's making to be a professional footballer is it's inspiring to be perfectly honest and I think that any kind of kids who like Jack who want to become footballers and get ahead in the game it's listening to those stories that will, will get you there, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, it's, that, that would be the big benefit for me is, like, just uh, hearing people's gossip. <laughs> <laughs> I think for, for me personally, uh, to keep it brief, I remember earlier in the year when we interviewed Zachary Secunda, um, mm. Anthony took a little bit too long to get the interview out into the air, but um, Zach was depending on that interview um, to kind of communicate with his parents. Um, it was kind of cool how he said, you know, <clears throat> where's this at? My mom and dad want to listen to it. But it was cool to be able to give another outlet and another platform to these guys. And in some of their cases, this is their first run as a professional footballer. So like speaking to Chris Insaw, he's, he's had like three interviews in his life and two of them are on down the pub. So it's also cool to, to treat professional footballers like professional footballers and, and to make you kind of feel like even though we're not professional journalists, professionals in a sense where we can kind of get down to their level and, and or sorry we they come down to our level I apologize um and, and to follow up what Anthony said like the stories that these guys tell you that they've they've never told before like when it was a Jordan Brown was telling us about Andy Carroll um, oh yeah that was like, funny. And, and I was able to tell my <laughs> friends who were then able to tell their friends and and Jordan was also close with uh, Dimitri Mitchell and off the air, I was able to talk to Jordan about Dimitri and why he was at the club for so long, but never made the first team. And, you know, just, just stuff that I would never normally know. And, and again, like I owe it all to Anthony because, you know, I used to be three steps away from some of these superstars, but now I feel like not only am I a step away, I'm, I'm talking to some of these superstars and, and listening to Anthony interview Liam Ridgewell, I felt like my team won the World Series because it's just like, you know, seeing where the show was and seeing where Anthony has taken it with mine and Carlos's help, but I mean, through his hard work, um, it's it's fascinating. So I guess to to answer would be pride. I think is it's pretty cool to feel proud of what you've done um, and to feel proud of what somebody else has done. Zach, um, I actually sent. Um, I don't know if I told you this, but I actually sent like a, a rough copy of the interview to Zach's mom uh, oh, about, about four or five days before we released I it. Because uh, he, he messaged me, he's like, oh, like, my mom and dad, want, like, oh, my mom wants to really hear the, the episode. So I was like, hey, man, here you go, just, just send it to her, like it's a rough cut. And uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I actually didn't even know like that full story. So there you yeah. go. We're telling out, we're, we're telling yeah. stories now. Yeah. And I, and a quick story with me is that, you know how you said, like, how you go down to their level? Sometimes I'll say, like, it's an honor for you to come on, but I mean it the, the, the other way. I say, I'm so sorry, man. I meant it that way. <laughs> uh, I, I, I talked to um, I talked to Alex and to, to, to Joe just after uh, they, they did the interview, and they both said that they were deeply honored to be on your show, Jack. So uh, you're, you're, you're right. <laughs> and Peter, too. Peter's yeah. I, love I love Jack and his dad. That was Peter's yeah. quote. All kinds of love for you guys, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, so... Um, switch the question to you guys like what's uh what made you guys decide to uh, i know jack always did his videos and, and all that kind of stuff like what's uh inspired you guys to do uh the the, the videos and the podcast name too right so. well we were um really so excited that a professional league was coming to canada and, and we and on my youtube channel we do an occasional like match review 
So, and we sometimes do like Champions League finals review before. Um, so for us, we just really wanted, because it was such a small league in, in like, we really only started this year, but it, it was still, it's still such a small league. We wanted people, we want people to love it. We want people to know about it. And we really, and we really, because we knew a lot about soccer, we, like we knew a lot of stats and we really liked the league and stuff. So we just decided, you know what, let's take a leap of faith, see if um, how this will go. So we opened an Instagram Daddy's, I reopened Instagram. Daddy may have opened the Twitter. I'm, I, I, I don't know anything about Twitter, so I'm, that's why I'm not sure about it. Um, even, you don't yeah. want to. It's awful. Yeah, stay away from there, buddy. Stay away from and, there. <laughs> um, but we ha- so we made a blog post, and we just put the videos on my YouTube channel. So we really, we just wanted to talk about our love of soccer, and maybe we'd, like, someone would learn something from it like about the players and um and we wanted people to know more about the league so we thought it'd be fun to talk about so we did do that that's my story what about yours daddy (laughs) yeah so it's kind of like so it's kind of like we started you know doing getting into getting into soccer and then we watched some big games together and we'd kind of do a review or talk about it and then it kind of morphed into, you know, Jack had the unique experience of being a ball boy for the, for the Wanderers. And I really like that because he got to see that he's so interested in soccer and he's, his interest is growing so much. And he, so he, he gets a different perspective from being on the field. And then we have this unique experience where, you know, we have this just league that's just starting out and we wanted to, to kind of reach out and just kind of, talk to players because one of the things that I like doing is 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 kind of getting in there and and seeing what they did and and finding out what kind of sacrifices they made um you know I'll often ask like when did you start working on your on your weak foot um or or something like that 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 I think is important for young players like Jack's age to um you know to hear about and and develop because you know, that's not something that, that's not a question that, that they would ever be asked in, in a traditional interview, right? Because it's only someone that's interested in how they really developed, you know, and, and got good as a soccer player would, um, would ask about. So I like asking those sorts of questions and, and kind of, it's almost like, it's almost like, you know, you're kind of doing this, this interview, but I also want to expose Jack to, you know, a lot of different stories and a lot of different experiences that they have because it's a great opportunity. And, you know, he has this unique situation of being 12 years old and, you know, being very, very fluent and, you know, good on camera. And so there's also the element to kind of be more comfortable with that and, you know, doing interviews just to develop those skills, you know, that, you know, normal 12 year olds wouldn't really be comfortable doing. Um, So it's, I guess that's kind of like a little bit meta, right? So part of it is, is, is he's learning, he's learning to do these things and to kind of be comfortable in this, in this situation at the same time. So 
in a really long-winded way, that's kind of why we're why we're doing it. Like that that's that's the great thing. Like I mean, about the league, as you said, that because it's new, um, a lot of these kind of a lot of the podcasts are kind of popping up because everybody's kind of really um, into it. But you guys have a very unique look at it because obviously. Um, Jack is wanting to be where these guys are. Like, unfortunately, we're right. past we're past that stage. We can't go back in time. So, like, uh, uh, the reason why we wouldn't ask that question is because, you know, like, uh, my left foot is my left foot, right? Whereas, like, Jack is obviously like, trying to develop, and it's it's such a unique way for for people to hear the the, the way that people actually make themselves better at the game um, and, and the dedication that goes into it. It's it's crazy, and like to listen to your show, it's. Um, it's amazing to, to get that perspective and it's definitely something that not just like adults should listen to it should be like if anybody's kid has kids who are interested in becoming uh, football players it doesn't have to be a professional level it's a great way to to hear the players the discipline that goes into it and um yeah like i i love your show and it's uh, it's definitely like as i said it's unique and um yeah i i it's you guys are doing an amazing job thank you great, thank but you. i wait and you guys are doing an extra amazing job <laughs> thanks buddy really appreciate it all right and so i've got i've got question. another question all right okay. you can go, you go i actually have this question for carlos um how did you start with diaz football or what made you want to create diaz football your um your um line and i love I love, love, love that all those stickers and shirts that says Golazo, Golazo. <laughs> and I also love the quarantine Premier League lion beard. You should get Carlos to scream Golazo. Go for it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. um, well, that's a, that's, um, well, that's a prayer that I always wanted to do because um, I feel like um, I wanted to create something that resembles like football culture right and uh here especially in the cpl like a lot of people are like jumping into soccer or football i call it football mm -hmm. because that's the right yeah. way to do it. <laughs> um once you jump it into football so um i say why not um start now something that i like and i always have these designs like i always had that parade in my mind many years ago i wanted to do because i like like a, a streetwear clothing and uh, i like design like i'm very visual guy and I, I, I wanted to do something that it was kind of like reflects the, the, the football culture. And, and I want something that people wear and also like, you know, reflects the passion and spreads kind of like the cult of football, what it is. And that's how I started to say, like, I'm going to start it just like for the sake of saying, okay, like if it works, works, if it doesn't, doesn't. And that's why like I had all these designs and everything. And I tried to um, adopt like that, that, as you said, like that, the, the beer with the lion, it's perfect for COVID. And I was like, start like coming up with concepts. Like, for example, I have another teacher says living room ultras because people yeah. can't go to the stadium. So you are pretty much an ultra in your living room watching football on your TV. Now that is bad. So stuff like that, ideas like that, I wanted to come up with. And I wanted to people to start like checking up like a new alternative. Like, because there's so many merch out there, like everybody reps their own team. But I want people to rep football as yeah. a sport. I got you. So, yeah, and you yeah. have a shirt that says the football culture, right? And yeah, I really that, like that, that too. That, that, that's what I mean. Like, no matter, like, I know, like, we, we got Ford fans, you got Wonder fans, you got Ottawa fans. But at the end, uh, Canada is a country that 
it's more mm -hmm. hockey. So yeah, this is a way to spread out the football culture, you know? So there's another sport up there. So let's embrace it. Let's embrace this culture and let's show them that, that, that football is, it's, is the king of the sports around the globe. And now that the CPL started, I think it's better to embrace it and start like having more people learning about the sport. Because like we got that random casual fans that they watch the sport for a while, like us, and we're very passionate about it. But there's a lot of people that never watched uh, football before. And they're starting to, and they love it. Like they went to the Wonders Grounds. They, they just like, they love the atmosphere. They love the supporters, the chants, the banter, you know, that experience of going to the stadium that, that we love. So why not like spreading up that, 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 the culture of the sport? And that's yeah. how it became. And the name, yes, it means 10 in Spanish. Okay. And okay. the number 10 is the playmaker, is the one that puts yeah. the magic on the pitch. So that's okay. why I, I, I wanted to name it that way. Yeah. Amazing. Love it. That's yeah, cool. The, the, uh, I love the, the France uh, World Cup logo t-shirt. Oh, yeah. That, that one's really cool, too. Yeah. So who is the and, scariest and, looking player coming out of COVID? Like Jorginho? I think it's going to be Sergio Ramos or Allison. Yeah, Sergio's beard definitely got a lot bigger. And yeah. Allison. Allison. Allison Becker? Allison had a... I also had a bigger since COVID. Like he, he had a, a scruffy. Like I, I, I would say, yeah. uh, I, I'd say Joe Morelli. He's got that headband thing going on now. Have you seen it? Uh, you've yeah. been seeing it, yeah. right? He's, yeah. he's scary. I think he's the scariest coming out with you, honest. <laughs> or P Peter's got a headband thing going on now too. It's like yeah, all... take, he said he can't take it off. Yeah, and uh, and Alex has got the, the the locks going too. So I think the whole Wanderers team were probably the scariest one out there. To be honest, <laughs> the beer of uh, was a uh, Riggy. Yes, oh, Riggy. Riggy. Yeah. Riggy. Riggy has the coolest beer though. Yeah. If, if Riggy's yeah. listening, we want to know what oil is he using because, like, when I grow it, like it grows like that. But you know, there's a there's a lot of work that goes into that beer, man. That's yeah, a, yeah, that's yeah. a lot of maintaining, you know. Yeah, it's, that beer. That, that's a he, well done beer. He, he's up at five o'clock, two hours on the beard, two hours on the training pitch. <laughs> yes, awesome, my, my, buddy, <laughs> my, my buddy said it collects its own serb check. <laughs> Such a nice beard, it's got a personality of its own. I love that. That's love a funny that. question, actually. I can't even think. I mean, David Luis came out of uh came out of COVID pretty scary on the field. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of a worse performance than that. He looked like he was off for two, three months. Yeah, that, that, like I, I thought I couldn't see a worse performance since the like after the uh, the World Cup where they lost seven one. But yeah. he, he did it. He did it. He uh, he went there. So yeah, he's um I never be I never been big a big fan of uh, David Luiz to be honest. Yeah, no position. I never I, I never and and also like Conte when he was in Chelsea he he had a line of three defenders and put him there like that's sacrilege you know like he had the honor <laughs> to play in a line of three in that that Chelsea was dominating the leagues though so I give kudos to to Conte to kind of like he, he always he always seemed like a midfielder to me. Like he's got like a great yeah. he's a great yeah, passer to the ball and he's a great like yeah. obviously he's great at free. He used to, but I don't know. Like I feel like there's so way better than that. I, I really feel like you should do a t shirt where it's like him as um Slideshow Bob. Yes. <laughs> I, I will be the first in line for that one, man. <laughs> and 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 I also wanted to ask you, Anthony, how did um like your shot come out because I have this. Hey, hey. 
So, oh, that's amazing. I, like, it's, it's so amazing that you bought that. I, I, it's, uh, I don't so even happy. have one, buddy. You're the man. I don't even have one. I've been telling <laughs> so, Anthony for like two months. <laughs> so, so I, uh, Carlos, again, Carlos is the man. Like, like so my, my, one of my friends, uh, Josh, um, Josh Rooney, he, he's a, a graphic designer, and he knocked up the all down the pub podcast logo really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because my original one was awful because I can't do anything with that. And then Carlos came <laughs> on board and the first thing he did was rework the logo for me and he nice. came up with the bottle cap logo as well. So I was like, hey, they look kind of cool. Like, and uh, a friend of mine started a shop with his podcast. I was like, hey, I like money. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so <Who doesn't>? uh, <laughs> hey, I so, like money. <laughs> so, um, so, so I, I just, uh, we, we, I just uploaded the pictures onto a few of the products that they have on, um, on Redbubble, and uh, that's where that came from. Like, it's, it's something fancy. It's something as cool as Carlos is, but um, you know, it's, uh, it's just a way for it's, it's a branding thing. It's a way for it to get out there, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun to see. I'm amazed that anybody actually bought anything. So thank you. You made you made my you made my day when 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 you showed me that. So thank you so much. Soon yeah. enough, we're gonna have oh, a, a beer, a craft beer. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be good. I'll, I'll I'll have to I'll have to get in line for that. Um, so, but um, we'll put we'll put yeah. links to those stores um in the show notes. Yeah, and stuff in the description. Um, in the description. description. <laughs> but yeah, in, in the link Humble. below. Yeah. Okay, so I'm curious, who asked the weirdest questions? The, the person who asked. I didn't the know you're going to ask this. The person who asked the most long-winded questions was probably oh probably Chris. Chris like Chris yeah. likes to, uh, to to wander. He he's he's like the original wanderer to be honest. Yeah. He just wanders yeah. through the questions. Um, I, I don't think people ask the weirdest questions. I, I think that it's it really depends on the guests. Like you know like uh, and it, it depends if you want to have. I think, you know, so when, when I'm preparing for an interview, I'll have like my straight questions and then I'll have a few kind of banter questions and you kind of learn, you, you kind of get to learn somebody's personality within the first five, 10 minutes yeah, of the podcast know, and, yeah. and you, and you kind of know where you need to go with the question. So mm-hmm. we tend not to, I don't think we ask weird questions, do we? Maybe, no, no. maybe, maybe Carlos. <laughs> Carlos asked some weird questions because he seems to get all, he seems to get all these weird yeah Carlos does we we, have, we were, I don't I don't I don't ask that weird questions I ask no. the sappy ones like yeah that, so, that's a good way so, of putting it that's so, a good so, way. yeah so 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 Carlos likes Carlos makes most of the people that we have on the show cry because he'll ask them very subtle Deep. questions about their past and they'll just start like <laughs> they'll start like crying and he'll bring back awful childhood memories of when. They were bullied at school or something, and uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> I made him out. I'm the one that normally, like, when when I ask the questions, though, like they've been telling stories that they haven't told before, which yeah. is good. I mean, the it, it works a little bit, yeah, I, I guess, but uh, so, I don't know. So, it's not weird. I'm, I don't think you guys ask weird questions, but I'm gonna take maybe it. Maybe that was like I'm more self-reflective. I'm gonna um, go <laughs> that's, to, that's um, to um, a different question. Who are you most excited to see play for the Wanders? Was that sorry? Who are you most excited to see play for the Wanders? Um, Do they have to be a new player or can they be a player from last year? They could be a player from last year. It's mainly directed to new players, but they could be a player from last year. I'll go new player. Um, Gems Jeffrard. I know. Yeah, I heard you talk about that. He was. You were really excited to see him when you were bringing down the Wander Squad. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, uh, I've, I've, I've changed my answer a few times over the last couple of months just because it's been really cool learning about these guys and all their skills, their talents, and, you know, their careers and where they've come from. But um, the second we signed him, it was – I was super excited because we have a player who has genuine quality a whole level, a whole level higher than this league, playing in this league, wanting to come to Halifax – um recently I actually met him um about two weeks ago now and actually got to ask him why Halifax and the fans were part of the reason why you know he played in the USL but he had a injury riddled season and had a hard time getting fit once he was fit to match fitness if you will he would mm-hmm. play for like 15 minutes and then have to come off so he kind of took last year off but saw a lot of really interesting stadiums and experiences in the USL and he said, from what he heard, Halifax reminded him a lot of Charleston, which... Uh, Charleston? Charleston? Oh, we've been to Charleston. Oh, have you seen the battery play down there? No. No? So the they have a reputation of being pretty much the rowdiest, best fans in the USL. And from what Gems was told was that we compared to them almost perfectly. So um, knowing how he was as a player really excited me then and I think now that we're a few months since all those players were signed and I've changed my answer a half a dozen times he's still kind of the first name that comes to mind because I think as great a partner as Matthew was last year and Duran especially I love absolutely love that man um, I feel like Gems and Peter could be a partnership that can't be beat and I think that's why he excites me the most because the guy that I was excited to see a lot last year was Peter and it's because I felt like even though we got to see him for a few months, we didn't quite get the full Peter Shallow experience yet. And yeah. I was lucky to see him play uh, for CBU working with U Sports a couple of times last year. And he's got a different style of game with CBU. And mm-hmm. I feel like now that him and Steven have a year together, Steven's going to trust Peter. Yeah, to- well, yeah, well, we will get to see the full 100% you shall not pass. Exactly, <laughs> brother, exactly. So yes. uh, that's my two-part answer only because uh, the reason why I'm really excited for Gems is because of uh, the partnership with Peter. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carlos? For me, like he already said, like I'm looking forward for that partnership, but I have to pick another one. I, there's two places that I want to see. And I feel like, and the first one that I want to mention is uh, Corey Bent, because okay. every interview that we had, like he's the player that everybody's talking. He he's the flavor of the moment, kind of like all, yeah. all the players are talking highly about him, and he has so much talent. And the way that he, I think he's gonna have the same effect that Peter Shala did last mm-hmm. season because he came from CBU. And nobody knew about him, and he was a solid player. I think Corey Ben will be uh, uh, an important piece in yeah. in our team, especially that that chemistry that he has with Peter and everything. That's number one. Number two, I would like to see Joel Morelli. Yeah, I saw his highlights, and I feel like he's a player that fits better playing behind the number nine. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, he's. I agree, the, agree. I I feel like he is the one that should be using the ten kit. Yeah, me too. And he's a natural ten, and the way that he's a hybrid player because you can tell that he has that Brazilian um, flair of his game. Yeah. But at the same time, he has some sort of European um, manual. 
directness, the very European directness and uh, uh, how to say this, uh, not technique, just European structure and the way you follow like, you know, what, what the coach says, but adding that style that he has, I think he's going to be a different one. Like kind of like it, Arjun Robin, you said in the earlier. Kind, kind of like that, yes. But, but for me, like I'll, I'll put him like right in the middle, just like creating chaos yeah. over there. I think that that's the player that the two players that I'm like looking forward to. I feel like with, with Joe, like because he's played in England and stuff like that, like he's not afraid to stick his foot in and tackle. Normally, during number 10, they tend to just be all about flair and they get kind of a pass from doing the, the, right the hard work. Uh, Joe looks like the kind of player that will do both. So I think mm-hmm. he's going to be, I think he's going to be a huge addition to the squad. Sorry, Rampy, Rampy said oh. he was giving out the most bruises in training already. I, I could, so yeah. that just that proves your point. Yeah. I think Zhao, Mar- Zhao will really be able to impact the Wanderers because he can make that final pass. He can take a long shot. I think that the Wanderers made a lot of great signings this year, but he could definitely is a rival for the best one in my in my eyes. And also, I want to see the Wanderers this year because last year I couldn't see. I feel like we start. We need to start having like two to three players at least being good at dead ball because we we don't we don't have we don't have any and we need somebody that can take those free kicks you know when you're one one zero zero like those uh, i feel like i haven't seen that last year and there's something that i look forward to see this 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 season because every team has one or two and i feel like we need to step up in that game a little bit from from what i've heard um, both Alex and Daniel can hit a dead ball. So that's a good start. Having mm-hmm. guys that play fullback, being able to hit a free kick is super important. And we know Alex can at least put in a half decent corner too. But um, somebody was saying Rigi can hit a free kick. I don't know if that's true. Or yeah, not. I, I was going to say that my, the, the, the ones that I'm looking forward to would yeah. be like, like Rigi would be one because he's, he got so unlucky with injuries down yeah. when he's playing in the States um, that, He's he looks like he's back to full fitness, and if you see any of his highlight stuff when he plays along alongside Drogba and stuff like that, he's an incredible player. And I think that that's <clears throat> I think he's going to be the one that's going to just sneak on like sneak in under the radar, like people aren't expecting too much from him, and he's going to probably blow the league apart. Um, I'm also excited that um, like uh, with, um, Mateo is going to be. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be a big player for us too. So to have that speed on the, the wing, like, um, I felt like we lost a little bit when Zoom was kind of out of the team last year, having that kind of pace down the wing on, on, the, le- on the left side. So um, to have somebody that's just as fast now on, on, on the, the right side will be a big plus for us. So the thing I'm most excited about though is that like last year I felt that we had a really good starting 11. But whenever any of those pieces were missing, like anybody was injured or anything like that, unfortunately I don't think the squad was as strong um, um, substitution-wise, um, this year I feel like the squad is like it's like if somebody's out injured, the players that can come in are just as good as as the guys that are on the pitch. So I think that's a huge plus, and I think they've done a great job with the recruitment. We were just saying, yeah, because the recruitment is just amazing. Because if you think about the players who we've signed, we've signed a, a team to the Gold Cup, who like like because James Jeffard was a big part of that, like to the semifinals i believe of the gold cup semifinals i believe and we've also got 
someone who's played in England and was um, singled out as a future star and and so many others we have Rigi who can like use both feet perfectly who's been able to play with the drug bot um and LBG like Corey, yeah LBG Corey Vance just Daniel Kinumbe everybody on this yeah. the, the whole team has just gone so much better and I can if I was going to name every person, it would take up like so long, and I was it would take so long. But the team is just so good this year. I have a question for you, Jack, and your dad. Uh, okay. do, you, do you guys think we still need a number nine? A number nine? Oh, ooh, this is a fun question. I like fun questions. <laughs> um, well. Do you know if that um, NCCA striker signed for us? No, right? He's uh, still on trial, right? Will Bayham? Fellow, fellow that played with, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fellow that played with Mateo. Yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah. yeah. Will Bayham? I, d I don't think he's still here. He's not. Good question. Uh, well, we had, um, I, I think, uh, I think Ibra is going to be a big, a big song yeah. for us. He's like a classic number number nine, I think. He has the so, size. He has yeah. everything. But I still feel that we need a number nine experience. That's yeah, the, that's a puzzle. That it's that the last piece. That that uh, that's only my my perspective. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think Ibra definitely could be the starting number nine, just because mm -hmm. in he's broke his Holland Hurricanes college record, 101 goals in, I believe, 71 games. That's incredible. I know, yeah. that is incredible. Yeah. So I don't he, think, he, so he, if he was. Yeah. Yeah. Every time it touched his foot, bro. I don't really think we need another number nine because Akeem can always fill in that, in that spot. And we have tons of guys on the flank. We have Rigi, we have Rigi, we have um, Corey Bent, we have Alex Marshall. And if one of them gets injured, then we can, then Jao Morelli can go there. So, um, um, you're going to upset Carlos. Carlos hates Akeem. Uh, Carlos loves uh, Akeem on the wing, don't you, Carlos? <laughs> I he I think he's a winger. I think he he <laughs> I, I don't like like I mean he can play as a number nine. And I remember we had this conversation before even with Derek Martin and say no, but he play as a nine too. Say no. So when Akeem was in the in 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 the show, that's my first question I asked him. You know what, Akeem? Do you? I know you can play both, but he he said it that he feels more comfortable playing as a winger, and I see him as a winger. Yeah, like, yeah I, I see, think he I should be a winger because we have people who can fill in that spot. And I believe Alex Marshall also said he was comfortable there. And John Morales like, also has like, some experience. Like there's, there's a lot of these guys are like wingers or they're, or they're small. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but I think, I just think the number 10 was, was more what, what Halifax was missing. Just kind of that link up. The link up the, to the attack and the defense. To the, to the striker. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they play because yeah, I mean, you know, we we you know, we got rid of two of those guys that were big, you know, um kind of hold up, you know, classic classic Lisa number nine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so it's interesting, but it's almost like you know, I don't know if if I mean, cuz they're smaller guys, you know, but they're but they're quick, they're good with both feet. It's going to be interesting to to see them play in behind and you know, so much of last year, I think if like just, you know, if you had a really quick guy 
that was coming in from that attacking midfield. Um, you know, it's almost, it's almost like they, I don't know. I, I think, I, I think, I think we'll be all right. I think, um, like, the, I think our style of play is going to be totally different this year. I think it's all going to be hard to say, you know, I think it's going to be all about, about pace. I think that's, uh, like, yeah. it's, and I think that's why we'll probably see Akeem on the, on the wing because, you're gonna have like Joe like putting those balls in like to to the wings to get crosses into to to Eber and stuff like that. So I think um, it's gonna be definitely interesting. Like I, I'm looking forward to seeing the different stuff. I, I felt like last year because we didn't have um, the, the a strong squad. Stephen was always trying to put uh, like like square pegs and round holes the whole time, and it, it, we never actually got to see the way he wanted to play. It was always just makeshift. Mm. So I think this year it's gonna be a um, it's going to be well when it finally gets going, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, because be... something that Angus McNabb said, which who we both interviewed, um, what he said was this in the first season, everybody had an immediate need and for the, for the present, but now you can kind of look to the future a bit because that's totally true because, well, you're, it's the first season. You, you have zero players. You need to get like 20-something players right now. And he's right. Now there is now you can look a bit to the future. And I think that the Wanderers they've got a lot of young players because I think last year it was an older team with more experience, but now this year there's a younger team set up for the future. I guess I would say set up for the future. Um, best, but the I, best part of this team coming up, in my opinion, is the fact that we're having this conversation right now, trying to pick and choose who plays where. And I think that's what makes this coming season so much fun is that last year you kind of knew who was playing where, who yeah. was in form. We haven't even seen these guys play yet. And we're still asking these intense questions. Who's going to start on opposite wings? Who's going to be up front? Who's going to play in the hole? How's the midfield going to be structured? Will it be a three-man midfield? Will it be two? Are they going to play three in the back? Are they going to play four in the back? It's, it's super fun. And I think, yeah. Because, because of YouTube and all these other avenues, we've been able to watch these guys play. We can kind of envision what Steven wants to do next year mm-hmm. and then subsequently make our little predictions, our starting 11s and everything else. But in reality, I think what makes this season so unique is that I don't think Steven has any idea who his starting 11 is yet. <laughs> I yeah, I think I think that if you if you have a manager who doesn't know what a starting eleven is, that is actually good because yep. there's so much competition. Because last year, you kind of had like a few roles, and maybe you're wondering about this guy will fill in here or something. And to be honest, it's not that fun because you. But now you get to um, like debate more, and I love yeah. debating. <laughs> Every week. I mean, when I coached high school, I had 17 players. I'd play 60, 70 minutes a game if I could. I'd play all 17 of them. But it was all a matter of who was showing the best in practice, who was understanding my instructions and my roles that I was trying to apply in practice. And they were going to get the 60, 70 minutes of the 90 a game because they were applying themselves. I felt like Stephen and injuries played a big part too last year. Yeah. Um, Steven, you were just saying square, square, square peg, round hole, round peg, square hole. I don't know how the saying goes, but you know what I mean. Um, There wasn't that 
competition. And I mean, I'm, I'm only using Mo as an example, just to use Mo as an example. I feel like that's why he got complacent towards the end of the season, because there really wasn't that competition for him on the left side of midfield. Now this year, there's three guys that can play in that position. You got three guys Brady. who can play in the whole. Yeah. Band. Yeah. You've got two guys who can play on the right. You've got two or three guys who can play up front. We've got four incredible central midfielders because from what I've heard, Scotty Firth is on another level right now. It just, yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like in, in what you were just saying, Jack, everybody's young. So everybody's mm-hmm. hungry and wanting to prove themselves. And I feel like, even though Steven may not know his starting 11, I feel like he feels like he's got 20 guys that are ready to go. So I'm, I'm, I think like Anthony said at the start, I'm, I'm rambling on now. Anthony said yeah. it happened. Um, <laughs> but there's, yeah, that, but there's it, it so many center that. and you just mentioned center mids and there's so many center mids like LBG and Scott yep. Firth, but you also can't disclude that Omar Krem and yep. Abu Karsi Soka have been yep. playing together for the f- past three years. And then there's Rampersad and even yeah, and Rampersad and and even Rigi can play deep if he needs to, which I I find also pretty amazing because you just brought up Omar. Omar's a guy who can play in multiple positions. Oh, so many people have like uh, that we've talked to have said that like he's so skillful. Like he's yeah. one of those players. Like it's brought up as being like super fast and like one to watch. But Omar the same that he's just. And I think, yeah. uh, to complement that, I think that Stephen Hart, it's the only coach that I have seen in the CPL that he tends to sign polyfunctional players. Like, Wait, he, he, uh, Stephen Hart tends to mm-hmm. like sign polyfunctional players, that players oh, that can okay. play in two different yeah. positions. Okay. If you see a lot of managers in the CPL, you, you have, uh, uh, they, they tend to sign the roster according to maybe two to three polyfunctional players but then the rest of the roster are like, you, you play or you're a winger or, and you're a winger, you're a striker and you're a striker. But Stephen Hart not. I feel like he, he likes to, 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 to mix to, it up a little bit. To, to mix it up a little bit. And, and, and that's a good thing though, because you know, when injuries, especially a team that lives in Halifax and we have to travel a lot, you're going to get players that, uh, you know that are not like maybe like in a rough shape for the for the for the trip, injury mm-hmm. stuff. So I know I think that he's doing the right thing by having that approach on si- on, on, yeah. on signing players that can play. I think, he, I think he learned that from last year. Like, like yeah. as we were saying that he had like a good eleven, and then everybody else was wasn't quite up to the, to the same standard. Whereas now that if X players that were injured he has somebody who can push across and, and, and take up the position if needed so um, it's such it's a really versatile squad and I think mm-hmm. they've put a lot of thought into this one whereas last year it just seemed to be just let's get as many just, let's just get these players in uh, like what this Jack year. was saying before I, th- I think you just stepped out when, when Jack had mentioned that Angus was saying on their show um, last year everybody was just looking for results but now everybody's got a bit of a looser leash where yeah. they can make those two, three-year signings. They have a long-term plan. Um, I think, like you said, the word versatility. I think Steven wanted a versatile team last year, and, and as, as hardworking as those guys were, they just didn't quite have the ability. I feel like before we've even seen these guys play, we're confident in their ability. And, and I think yeah. that's, that's, it makes me excited. I just wanted to get going. Yeah, no, yeah me too. Every uh... position has competition, even Nets. Now, Oxner has 
has has competition too. So yeah, yeah. That, that's actually what uh, I'm more behind the scenes stuff. Jason Bolio, I always I don't know how to say his last name. Billy. Oh. Yeah, I I heard Billy? that in the. Um. He's incredible, and has been performing as good, if not better, than Oxner. And Oxner oh, yeah. was possibly the best good. goalie in. I no, I'm gonna say the best. Him or Nathan Ingham. I think if Oxner didn't win the Golden Glove, it should have been Nathan Ingham. I, and I think that Nathan Ingham or Oxner should have gone the call-up because in my order, it's like Nathan Ingham or Oxner, one or two. It's, it just depends on the game because if they have a good game, then I'm going to put them on the top. They have a bad game. Just, they're just so good, both of them. And then there is going to be Marco Carducci. But I think that like those two goalkeepers were amazing. And if Jason, um, Jason, <laughs> Jason is that even better than Oxner, that is, we have a really so we have two goalies that are so amazing. But I think also a big reason why Christian Oxner was so good in that season was because Jan Michael passed down all of his, a lot of his knowledge from all of his years playing professionally. Oh, big time. Like having, when he gets here, like it's uh, having like Jan back around the squad again is going to be incredible. Like he's, his personality is amazing. His experience is going to be, uh, is going to really help everybody too. Um, not just the goalkeepers. I think he's, it's going to help the whole squad. So the sooner the better he gets back to Halifax, um, it, the squad's going to really appreciate it, I think. About Ingham and Oxner being better than Carducci and there's no hate on Carducci. Yeah. But I think no, if you hey. put Carducci in our net, he has worse results than Oxner did last year. And that's just my opinion. I feel like... Also, it, yeah, also... Controversial, controversial. Yeah, I know it is. Oh, no, no, <laughs> I, 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 totally, I totally agree. The problem also is that the, if you see, like, Calvary defense, you know, that the way that they defend, like, for example, Ingen has more credit because compare the defensive line of Calvary with the one of York. Yeah. Then you can tell, you know. And Halifax, obviously, too, that this, this is what yeah, but Luca Gasparato is possibly the best center back, was possibly the best center back in the league last year. Yeah. Luca Gasparato, yeah, 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 That's played great. every That's single game. You can't, uh, you, can't, you, can't, you can't, you can't, you can't rule out uh, Nico uh, Giansopoulos either. Yeah, you couldn't. Either. Shout, out, shout out to our, to our friends, <laughs> greatest, greatest backup goalie in the world, baby. Nico, Nico. Cool. <laughs> no, but I, I, I just, I mean, I know you're probably trying to move on from the topic, but I think one of the, one of the underrated things that not a lot of people talk about from last year was how good the keepers were. There mm -hmm. weren't a lot of terrible keeper blunders. There weren't as many mistakes. I don't really think there was a bad goalie or a goalie that any team complained about coast to coast, because when you think about it, we finished last last year. Of course, we know we had a good defensive, defensive unit and a good record. But I never really heard too many complaints about Jan Michael, even when he had his couple of little blunders. Mm -hmm. And when Oxner came in, even when he made his mistakes, I felt like there was a respect. You know, these kids are trying hard. These guys are trying hard. I felt like because we're a hockey country that has the hockey goalie, which is probably the hardest position to play in all of sports, at least in my opinion, we appreciate the soccer goalie as much. And I think that that's going to be something that the Canadian national team is going to benefit the most from this league 
is that this is going to give young Canadian goalkeepers a platform that they never had before. Not just players, but I think a lot of good Canadian goalies get lost because once they get to the high youth levels, there's no professional opportunities for them because other countries specialize in goalkeeping. I'll use Germany as an example. So right. I think that the, the Canadian Premier League, because Oxner is a perfect example, youth sports was always the pinnacle for young Canadian goalies. Now that this league exists and you've got 16 positions a year, it's, it's going to make the ceiling higher for, for good Canadian keepers. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to move on from this goalie topic and ask all of you three, who are your three favorite soccer players of all time? They can be retired um, and why and why? Okay. Do you want me to start this one? Sure. Yeah. You're in the spotlight my already. One, my, one, my ones are easy because I was talking about them earlier. Uh, two of them, Beckham and Scholes, um, yeah. England, Manchester United. Beckham, I mean, me and Jack have talked about this. I, I'm an inverted winger now, but growing yeah. up, I was really a, a hard-sided midfield two-winger. So the way Beckham crossed the ball, just I always loved it. But in the open play, I played a lot like Scholes. Um, mm -hmm. I was even tenacious like him and took a yellow card every other match. Um, but I'd say beyond those two, my favorite player, and Anthony's probably going to laugh, and Carlos, and maybe even you, Andrew. Um, what is about West, me? Wes Brown. I don't know if you know who Wes Brown is, buddy. No. Jesus, Wes Brown? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> you don't even know who that is, Andrew? That, that, that says it all, man, to be honest. Oh, there it is. So, Wes, 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 so you get Wes no fly from me. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wes, Wes Brown was a uh, Manchester United Academy product who – played in both the 1999 and 2008 Champions League finals. In 99, he was on the bench. Um, in 2008, he was the starting right back and actually got the assist on the cross to Ronaldo um, to give them the 1-0 lead. Wes Brown took a lot of heat during his career for poor performances. Uh, I think he has like this dubious record of having three last-minute own goals in his career. Um, he's, he's just always always something about him, but between 2006 to 2009, where Manchester United were really starving for a right back after Gary Neville was just kind of getting old, and mm -hmm. it was just before Raphael was kind of coming into his place, Wes Brown, Manchester United boy, put his heart on his sleeve, sacrificed so much, and said, I'm going to try play right back and see what happens. And then, like I said, you fast forward uh, the end of that second season, he's the starting right back and got an assist in the Champions League final. But from a personal perspective, we saw him play in a friendly against Celtic in Toronto 2004 or five. 2004 or five. Before your time, Jack. Um, and him and John O'Shea waited after the game to give every fan uh, high five, sign stuff. And, you know, these are two Manchester United Academy guys. And anytime anybody ever asks me this question, um, mm -hmm. I always say Beckham and Scholes from a playing perspective, but having the opportunity to, to see Wes Brown's whole career kind of come full circle and then to have that personal moment where he signed my shirt and I almost said a bad word, signed my shirt um, and, and just took the time to talk to all of us, I thought was, was really cool. So Wes Brown, do your research. <laughs> okay, I, 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 I have this information. Uh, I might like write it here, but I'm afraid that my Zoom will go away and that I can't okay. find you guys again. But I'll, I'll, write you down on Instagram. I'll do it after. I'll, 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 I'll send it to you on Instagram right okay, now. Okay. Um, I know what Anthony's about to say. There's not much research to do. 
we're talking about the, we're talking about the three best players in the world, and you say no, three all. favorites. Three favorites. Three favorites. Okay, sorry. So you said three best, but still. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say Where's Bleeding Brown? Jesus Christ! <laughs> sorry to to blast people on your show, but wow. Um, go ahead, Carlos. <laughs> oh, you go ahead. <laughs> um, so the the original. Before Cristiano Ronaldo, there was another Ronaldo uh, who played for Brazil. Oh, Ronaldo, uh, the Brazilian. Yeah. Um, he, like, every time I watched him, I got, like, little kind of goosebumps. So when David Beckham joined Real Madrid, um, uh, Spanish football was on TV a lot more back home because they, they follow, obviously, the, the best English players around and stuff like that. And I got to see a lot more of Ronaldo. And just even then, he was kind of, a little bit past his prime, like his knees had gone, all that kind of stuff. But he still was, still is the best finisher I've ever seen. He is incredible. If you ever want to be, if you want to be a striker, just sit and watch his videos. He knew, he always knew when to uh, to run at the right time. His step overs were amazing. Uh, I don't know, countless times he's made a fool of a goalkeeper. It's incredible to watch. Uh, he's he's amazing. Um, Another one would probably be, um, I would say, Teddy Sheringham. So he, okay. played for, he played for Tottenham, then went to Manchester United, and then back to Tottenham, and then he played until he was like 41 or 42. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but wow. he, was, he, was an inc- he was probably the best player I've ever seen that was just plays off the, the front player. He, was just, he just always sat in that kind of like little hole in behind the striker and he could just pick a pass he was uh, he was a great striker himself too but um he had a great relationship with a great um a great team with uh alan shearer uh, i think it was in probably euro 96 for england um the yeah. two of them together were incredible um his time at, he he scored the first goal chris was it in, yeah. in the uh the champions league final in 99 uh, yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. has won it but but it was like well, you were saying, just just the he, he could pick a pass, but he was a great striker in his own regard. Right place, right time, finding those little pockets of space when the ball's at his foot, it's going in the back of the net, or ending up on somebody else's foot and then going in the back of the net. Like it, Teddy it was, Ball game was a different level. Yeah, you're it, right. it was it was incredible, and he was like a kind of almost like a missing piece for United that they were they'd been missing Eric Cantona, and he was the same kind of player. He just was able to sit back and just pick a pass. And then probably my third one, I have to try and pick as many Tottenham players as I can. So, uh, and, and there's not too many great ones to choose from. So, uh, I'm going to say Harry Kane. No, I'm, I'm actually not. I'm going to say... Christian Eriksen? Uh, God, no. He, he's never said that name around me again. Uh, I know. I know. I, I saw an Instagram post where you go mad at him, right? Yeah. Um, I'd say uh, David, David Ginola. Um, he, he came to Newcastle from... PSG and he like tore the Premier League apart and then he moved to Tottenham and he he was the player of the year uh, in the Premier League in 99 98-99 but watching him play was incredible he, he dragged an awful Tottenham team to mid-table which we didn't deserve to be we deserved probably to be relegated and some of the goals he scored the, the, how he was able to beat players He's incredible to watch, and uh, it, it's 
it makes me feel old now, like now that you, you wouldn't know these guys, but they're definitely worth checking up on. Uh, he was an incredible player, and uh, he was just a joy to watch. And um, so, yeah, there's my three. I'm surprised you didn't say Robbie Keane. Uh, like, like I love Robbie Keane, and like, um, but like. Yeah, it was it'd definitely be, be tough not to say Robbie Keane, even Roy Keane too. Like I mean, like it, it's yeah. just but just watching like Sheringham the way he played. I feel like Robbie Keane almost tried to copy sometimes the way that Teddy Sheringham played, mm-hmm. and then like like watching like David Ginola like just run down that wing and, and cross the ball in was just incredible. And he's he's worth doing more research on than West Brown, Jack. Big time. He he's incredible. Um, I'm dying to hear Carlos's because it's, okay. uh, Ooh, they're, 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 too, it's, it's going to be it's, it's going to be three it's going to be three Peruvians that we've never heard of. So. <laughs> I think I think there's going to maybe we should we should we should give Carlos Americans, a stipulation that they can't be in South America. <laughs> <laughs> After Jack just said it's going to be three South Americans, he said that. <laughs> I'll tell you. I, I, I want to name Maradona, Cruyff, I'm a Van Basten, but they're too updated. So I got to go with something that I really, really enjoy when, you know, when I was young, like able to like really, really know what's going on in, in football. So number one, Fenomeno Ronaldo Nazario, the Brazilian one. Okay. Um, number one South two, American. One South American. Number two, <laughs> the best the magic poetry in his feet, Zinedine Zidane. Mm-hmm. Oh, Z- Zidane. Zizou, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm dying to yeah, pick sorry, Batistuta, yeah. South American too, but no. Um, <laughs> um, Why not, man? Batty like, was good. Batty was very good. Batty, yeah, Batty. Batistuta, yeah, I'll put Batistuta there. You might as well, man. He was amazing. Yeah. Not yeah. to tell you who to pick, but he was amazing. Yeah. The best best footballer hair of all time, that lad. No, Batistuta wasn't real. Unreal, man. Like yeah. the, the things that he did in, 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 in Italy. Oh my god. Like I, yeah. I could go for it. Like, you know, I can tell you like more, but the way that he played, you know, it it was it was amazing. All you know, all time favorite. I saw when I was a kid also Lothar Mateus and I really like him Ooh, when I was like wow. old, like he was That's incredible. Where did you see him? In, in Italy 90. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. On TV I, I didn't go through the wall. Oh, I thought like I, I saw I saw Lothar Mateus too. I thought you saw some. No, no, like, no, no, no. Why do you think you were saying wow? I was like, oh, you get to see him on TV. I know, that's, why I, that's, that's, why did, that's why I did the math in my head, Anthony. I was like, wait a second, how old? Lothar <laughs> Mateus, no TV. Yeah, no, no life, okay. life. Well, I'm gonna name Ronaldinho too. He deserves to be there. You know, pure yeah. magic I, and. I think and that. now I'm going to go into my rapid fire questions. Mm-hmm. 